Jean sighed. When you said you needed to talk, I was under the impression it would be for something more important than this. There is nothing in this world more important than my entertainment, Coral said, eyes flashing from behind her glasses. I gave you that notebook for a reason. Don't tell me you haven't even gotten started on filling it. <coughs> I've gotten started? He defended, though he half wished he hadn't. Since when did he need to defend his preferences like this? And since when was he supposed to be defending it this way around? Wasn't she meant to be rebuking him as a responsible older sister? Ah, yes. Coral. I don't accept excuses, Jeanne. She shook her head, apparently disappointed with him. You've been here long enough to bed more than one girl, not to mention you're on a team with three. Are you sick? Did you contract something? How are you supposed to marry me if your penis rots and falls off? Since when are we getting married? He rolled his eyes. Coral smiled. The sight of it didn't fill him with confidence. Well, if you haven't heard, you haven't heard. Don't worry about it. But I expect any future lover of mine to be... experienced. Eh? I'm pretty damn experienced. Multiple repeats had that kind of effect. And B. We're not lovers. Past, present, or the future. So cruel. She looked away and bit her lower lip. It would have looked genuine, were it not for the way her eyes glanced back at him and the amusement he could see dancing within them. She really was the worst. Does no one on your team take your fancy then? I have to admit I was surprised when I heard you had wife's knee of all people on it. How did you know that? He hadn't told them who was on his team. At least, not the names. Amber told me. She called you a few days ago and spoke to your team for a moment. She did? He hadn't heard about that. And what exactly had Amber spoken to them about? She didn't tell them anything about. Jean looked around, but no one was paying attention. My plans. Did she? Of course not. Jean sighed, shoulders dropping as he went back to casually walking down the corridor. Amber isn't that silly. Plus, you know she'd never tell anyone else something about you. She's so possessive like that. She believes if she tells anyone your shoe size, they'll fall in love with you and take you away. Coral giggled into her hand. Maybe I should be worried she'll try and steal you away from me. She wouldn't have to try very hard. He shot back. Enjoying the way her eyes hardened. The look of irritation vanished quickly, however. Washed away as easily as one might some juice in the bottom of a sink. Keep talking like that, and you might break my heart. I can be a very vengeful lover, dear brother. He could believe that, even if she had never actually been a lover, his or otherwise. Of course, he'd never spent a previous repeat in touch with his family, much to his shame. But even before Beacon, he didn't think she'd had ever been in a relationship with someone. She wasn't the kind of person most men could speak to. Maybe she was too forward, or they were too timid. Most tended to avoid her in favour of his other sisters. That pissed him off. Any man should have been prepared to cut off their own arm just for the opportunity to bask in the presence of his sisters, Coral included. But there were more immediate concerns of the little sister variety. 
Do you have any idea what Amber and my team talked about? He asked. Nothing you need to worry your little head over. You love your sisters, right? Of course. You love me, right? Against my better judgement. Then Amber didn't say anything you need to worry about. Jean's eyes narrowed. Coral loved her little games, twisting words in ways that could mean multiple things. But his team hadn't come up and mentioned it, so maybe she was being honest. Amber might have just gotten competitive and claimed he loved them more than he did his team. Well, whatever. Best to wave it off. If it was something unusual, he was fairly sure one of Jasbury would have already confronted him over it. If Amber hadn't let it slip that he intended to get expelled, then there was no way Weiss would have stayed quiet. I've been trying to chat up a few girls lately, but every time I do, one of my team seems to pop up and drag me aside and give me stern looks. And by the time I weasel my way out of it, the girl I'm trying to chat up has left. How unexpectedly sweet of them. She cooed. Jean gave her a suspicious look. I simply mean how they try to keep your attention for themselves. <laughs> she laughed. I suppose they want to taste your delights for themselves. I don't mind sharing. I have to admit, the little schnee was quite attractive at the concert. I'd love to hear how you bent her over a table and tore her underwear aside, plunging your t- And this conversation has taken a weird route. Jean quickly interrupted, before she could go into full prose. Nice talking to you, Coral. Give everyone my love. Only if you give me yours. She winked and leaned forward to whisper. I love you, Jean. L love you too. Damn his stutter. And damn the way she burst out laughing when she caught it through the scroll. The screen went black a second later, but that didn't do anything for his cheeks, nor the echo of amusement in his head. <sighs> it was no wonder he'd been such a mess around girls back then. He couldn't remember Koro ever being quite like that, though. Then again, I can barely remember my life before Beacon anyway. I guess that's why it's such a new and exciting experience spending my time with them. Strange to think of it like that, in the sense that a boring and everyday life could be a novel experience, while life and death have become standard. It was just the life he lived, crazy as it was. At least he'd gotten most of the day off, except for the combat class this afternoon, and the training his team had forced out of him that morning. He'd gone along with it, grudgingly, mostly because he wanted to slip away and call his family the first chance he could. Speaking to them? Even if it was coral, it was like a cool drink after a long trek through a desert. There was love there, undeniable and boundless. It filled the gap he created between himself and his friends. It's necessary, he reminded himself. This will let me not die a beacon, which will let me start my next life with so much, much more time to train. Then he would come to beacon, save them all, and destroy Cinder's plans once and for all. All he had to do was get through this life first, which means I've got to deal with Carden this afternoon. Another fight in the ring, though this time he doubted Carden would fall for the same trick. That was if Galinda didn't show him out for even trying it. Hmm, she's pretty sexy when she's angry. He shook his head. Focus. That was what he needed. He could deal with his other problem later. Preferably, when his team wasn't playing cock block. 
It had been more than a little weird when Yang literally dragged him away by his ear, only to shake her head and then glare at him. The glare she'd given him. It had actually shocked him. Huh. Now there was an idea. Where is he? Blake watched the raised brow as the Snee heiress looked around the people filling into the arena. She tried to see over the people around them, but with how short she was, it wasn't working out. Blake wondered if the girl would suffer the indignity of actually jumping. She did not. Instead, she stood in place and fumed. I swear, if he doesn't show up, I'm sure he will. Blake's partner laughed. Yang laid a hand atop Weiss's head, which was pushed off a second later as the girl glared. It's not like he's going to skip out and miss Goodwitch of all people. Even he isn't that insane. Who isn't that insane? Blake nearly jumped out of her skin. She managed to stay still at the last second, but even then her heart hammered in her chest as the subject of their conversation walked around to be rebuked by her partner. How had Jean managed to sneak up on her like that, without even setting off any of her senses? Even with the crowds around them, she should have sensed it if he was that close. She couldn't have gotten soft. Blake hadn't been away from the White Fang long enough to have gotten soft. Yeah, I'm here. She came back into the conversation in time to hear him speak. I swear it feels like this teacher has it in for me. That would be because she does. Weiss helpfully pointed out. And I think just about everybody here can see that. Oh? Do you think it's repressed desire? Maybe I should get a detention after all. I wonder what she would do to me. Oh, it's repressed desire, alright. A desire to kill you from what I can see. Maybe she's just shy. He stroked his chin. Or maybe she's just kinky. Blake sighed and tuned him out, trying to find something else to occupy her thoughts. She hadn't been able to find any real information on him in the past few days, other than the fact he was as lazy and horny as ever. But is that an act he puts on, or the truth? If he's as much of an idiot as he pretends to be, then how did he get into Beacon in the first place? Things still weren't adding up, which meant she needed to take things a little further. Tomorrow, she decided. After this forever full nonsense, after whatever happened today, she would need to take a more direct approach. He wouldn't be able to deny her if she cornered him in an abandoned classroom, and one way or another, she would have her answers. It took her at least three seconds to catch the veiled connotations of that mental statement, and another ten or so to finish mentally bleaching that image from her brain. And here she thought she would need to hide her own dirty little habit and beacon. Her books were tamed compared to him. Will Mr. Ark and Mr. Winchester come to the arena? The stern woman called, eyes firmly fixed on the blonde member of their squad. She totally likes me. He winked and walked off towards the stage. The three girls could only stare at one another. Um, so... Yang broke the silence. If he tries it on with her, do we interfere? I think she would do more than a good enough job dissuading him herself. Weiss answered, and Blake agreed. That would be something. She would pay good money to see this. Sadly, that wasn't going to be her entertainment for a while as she instead turned back to watch the two combatants square up against one another. 
from the corner of her eye, she noticed the other team approaching Reuben, who seemed to be an ever-present presence in their classes. Blake was fine with it. It gave Yang someone to talk to, which meant she could spend time reading herself. Blake considered it a beautiful business relationship. Combatants? Miss Goodwitch called, and all conversation in the hall quickly died out. I will remind you of the rules, of which there have been some recent additions thanks to someone who will not be named. She paused to glare at their leader at that, a fact nobody missed. Weiss groaned into the palm of her hand. The fight will continue until your aura enters the red, or I call it over. There is to be no timeouts or pauses, no matter what somebody shouts or who walks through the door. Yang snickered. There is to be no forfeiting unless your aura is already in the yellow. Jean held up his hand. What is it? Her face twisted, and for a moment Blake desperately wanted to know what she was thinking. Mr. Ark? I'm the leader of my team, so I really think they should be counted as weapons too. He spun the face cardin, one arm extended. Yang, I choose you. Use kill. I am... What? To Blake's amusement, Yang actually rose a little off her seat, as though wondering whether the unorthodox move would be allowed. Do I? No. Miss Goodwitch snapped. She was staring at Jean as she said it, but her crop was pointed directly at Yang, as though threatening her life if she dared move. Yang wisely sat down. This is a one-on-one spa, which means you cannot use Miss Zhao Long as a weapon. Nor can Mr. Winchester use his team as one. <laughs> like I would. The other teen scoffed. Stop trying to hide behind your girlfriends and fight me. Do I have to? Yes! This time it was Carter and Miss Goodwitch, both who spoke in perfect sync. With a few people in the crowd laughing nervously, the teacher glared at Winchester as though it was his fault, and the bully's mouth snapped shut. Mr. Ark? She continued. This is a spa to establish your ability so that we can better judge and advise you on how to improve. Whether your circumstances, whether you are unconfident or simply concerned about the results, you must fight. Blake leaned forward on the bench. This ought to be good. It did not look like there would be any other complaints or suggestions. Now the Zhejiang went quiet and stood in position. He drew his blade with a quick rasp of steel and took a stance that Blake vaguely remembered had been drilled into him by Weiss over the past few days. It would do for a beginner, but she wasn't sure what use it would be against someone like Carden. Braggart and bully though he was, and Blake hated him like no other. She couldn't argue the fact that he was skilled. Not enough to touch Yang or Weiss, or even her at that. But enough to trounce a beginner like Jean. You won't get to distract him like last time, she thought. Who did she want to win? Jean? The answer came instantly without hesitation. Pathetic and annoying he might be, even if he did make her uneasy, she would still prefer to see her teammate tear the races begot a new one. Winchester had taken a sick pleasure in tormenting a faunus, and cruel words or not, Jean had stopped it. Begin. Miss Goodwitch shouted and dodged to the side, even as Cardin roared a battle cry and charged across the arena. His footfalls were heavy on the mat, drowning out all other noises as the huge figure 
clad in heavy armor closed the distance between them. Except that he wasn't closing the distance at all. On account how Jean had turned tail and fled. Ugh, why? Beside Blake, Weiss groaned into her cupped hands. Not even surprised at their turn of events. As the partner ran around the circumference of the bow arena, arms pumping at his side, the disguised fauners actually felt an unusual sense of camaraderie with the usually hated girl, almost wanting to reach over and pat her shoulder in comfort. Get your ass back here! Garden roared, and Blake almost imagined she could hear some cliche chase music as the heavier teen chased after him. Miss Goodwitch looked like she was experiencing a stroke. Was he trying to tie Garden out? Or was Blake giving her leader too much credit? He was wearing less armor, which theoretically meant he should be able to last for longer. Then again, Jean wasn't exactly big on stamina compared to most hunters. He was able to keep up with the team in the morning cardio, but barely. And he was much worse for wear than anyone else would have been. It carried on for a good 10 minutes. The entire time the class watched them in silence, no doubt wondering if Miss Goodwitch would step in, <laughs> and just how angry she would be. This really couldn't be called a hunter fight, not with how every now and then Jean would run past this section of the arena, arms in the air and shouting wildly, whoop, 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 whoop. or how Cardin would huff and puff his way past, a second later, sweat dripping from his body. Yeah, kick his ass, Jean. Ruby shouted, pumping a fist into the air. What was she even cheering at? Was she watching the same fight Blake was? Wearing out your opponent was a strategy. That was true. But there had to be some kind of follow-up. Some way of capitalizing on it. It's now or never, Jean-Arc. I wonder what you'll do. He seemed to realize it too. For his pace started to slow. It turned into more of a jog. Perhaps Carden didn't realize, still lost in the haze of fatigue when sweat in his eyes. But to Blake it seemed obvious that Jean was now faking his fight. Slowly letting the bigger man close the distance, he was ready to spring his trap. Blake's eyes narrowed, and Jean-Arc tripped. Blake pulled off a wonderful expression of wise knee. Laughter burst out across the hall as their leader struck the mat rolling and sliding along with his face pushed into the unforgiving material. Yang winced and made a pained noise, even as Ruby cried out in fear and Weiss groan became that much more pronounced. She sounded like she was undergoing surgery without anesthesiac. No, Jean, get up. You can do it. Ruby cried as Cardin finally called up. No amount of sweat or exhaustion could make him not see an opportunity like this, and his huge mace was raised above his head. Blake's heart missed a beat. He would live, of course he would. But if that hit, he'd be spending the next few days in the infirmary. She even saw Miss Goodwitch step forward, eyes narrowed. Blake wondered when she would step in. I knew the gas as the blonde woman smiled and remained still. Holy shit! Jean? Yang's shout was lost in an explosion of dust. The impact of Carlin's mace had torn up part of the ground. Such was the force behind it. That. That would be bad. Why on remnant hadn't the teacher stepped in to stop him? Weiss made to stand. A cough within the smoke stopped her. <coughs> you know, <coughs> that could have really hurt. The familiar voice wheezed. Even across the distance, 
Blake saw Cardin's eyes widen as the smoke blew away, revealing his foe, Jean-Arc, laid flat on his back between Cardin's legs. Blake let out a sigh she didn't even realise she'd been holding, so he'd managed to dodge them, but this fight wasn't over. <laughs> guess what? You're open. Jean shouted gleefully, reaching down for his weapon. Ruby cheered, but Blake remained silent. This wasn't over by a long shot. He was on his back, attacking from the ground where he couldn't even swing his weapon. Even if he tried to stab his sword straight up into Winchester's crotch, it would likely bounce off the armor, if not his aura. Wait a minute. That wasn't Jean's weapon, and why is it sparking? <laughs> Cardin's scream was horrifying. It could have revealed her secret in an instant. For the moment Jean struck and the man squealed, Blake's ears flattened so hard they made her bow go flat as well. Luckily then, that literally every other person in the room had wrapped their hands over their ears and closed their eyes against the noise. When she cracked her eyes open a second later, it was just in time to see Cardin Winchester, smoking slightly, collapsing to the ground. His leg twitched. Jeanette climbed to his feet, tottering once before lifting his hand in victory. He then levitated off the ground a little, suspended by said arm. Mr. Ark? Their teacher didn't so much as roar as she did whisper, except that it was a whisper that Blake felt in her bones. It was like the hiss of some deadly snake. What was that? He didn't seem to see the danger. Either that or he was too far gone to recognize it. Instead, he smiled proudly, as though he were being held up as an example before the class. Blake wasn't sure what world he lived in that being telepathically strung up by your arm was a good thing. On second thought, she didn't want to know. I saw a tactical disadvantage in his equipment, ma'am. He chirped happily. I then proceeded to take advantage of it by wearing him out. His expression seemed to scream praise me. I was talking about this. His hand shook, as did his entire body as a result. But it was clear she meant the small piece of black metal in his restrained hand. Some blue lighting sparked between the tip. I saw a tactical disadvantage in his equipment. Miss Goodwitch's face looked like it was cut from a rock. Well, it is all metal. Since my sword wouldn't be much good, I decided to seek a better tool. Hence the dust taser, she said. Hence the dust taser. Neural, the woman sighed. It was a sigh filled with so much exhaustion, it made Blake want to throw herself off the cliffs of Beacon. No unauthorized or otherwise unapproved of weapons may be brought into the arena. In that case, Ard, your application for the dust taser to be an approved weapon is denied. She shook her head again for good measure. His fingers pried open, slowly and awkwardly as the tool drifted out of his hand. And this will be confiscated. Thank you. Aww. It has also come to my attention that perhaps you need a new opponent. One who can deal with your unique strategies. That was certainly a polite way to put it. Yay! <laughs> In which case, I have decided that the next time you'll be facing off against Miss Zhao Long. <laughs> Nay! Miss Zhao Long, 
The teacher ignored the forlorn young man in favour of fixing her eyes on the girl. Blake could feel her partner shift against her, clearly nervous. Blake didn't blame her. You will ensure that there is a fight. Um... You will ensure this? Uh, yes, Miss Goodwitch. Uh, uh, of course, Miss Goodwitch. I'm, I'm so pumped. <laughs> Blake started to sweat as the teacher kept her eyes locked on Yang. She had no idea how Yang managed to stay upright. But after what felt like two or three minutes, but which might have been as many seconds, the woman nodded and walked away. Jean was left behind, dumped at their feet like so much rotten trash. So... He said. You are... <laughs> going to take it easy on me, right? Sorry, Daddy. Yang shivered. I'm going to eviscerate you. If only so I don't find out what happens if I don't give Miss Goodwitch the fight she wants. Class is dismissed. The woman shouted from further down. Remember that you have the trip to Forever 4 tomorrow. I will not accept excuses, so I expect you all to be fully rested and prepared to leave at 10. Let's get you back to the room. Blake sighed, hoping to lift her nervous partner, even as Weiss did the same for her own. You both look like you need to sit down. Ruby and her team waved them goodbye, Weiss and her helping to escort their partners until they got their bearings back under control. Yang managed to recover some confidence only after a minute or two, mostly when they got out of eyesight of Miss Goodwitch. Jean seemed far worse, though Blake had a suspicion he was just being lazy and Weiss hadn't noticed. Where did you get that taser from anyway? Yang asked once they reached their room, the four of them sitting down on their beds to rest. They can be pretty dangerous and it's not like you visit the city or anything. A good question, and one Blake paid attention to as well. Stunner electric dust based weaponry wasn't that rare, but you didn't see it often. There were all sorts of problems with it, from the chance to shock yourself, your allies, conducting material. You had to be careful of, the list went on. Most hunters didn't bother with them, not unless they had some kind of semblance that tied into it or migrated one of the problems. Most elemental weapons were like that, cool at first glance, but pretty impractical once you got into it. <laughs> yeah, a fire sword sounded impressive, but good luck sheafing or handling it. Oh, I found it. He shrugged. You found it. Yang asked. Just lying around? Well, sort of? I got to the arena early, but there was no one there, so I decided to look around. Then I came across this door which said, Weapons. And I was like, Ooh, this might help. I found it in there. By chance. Weiss's eyes narrowed. Was it the door with the sign on it saying, Teacher's Supply Closet? And... Do not enter? Eh, maybe. You think I shouldn't have entered? Weiss groaned but couldn't seem to find the energy. At least Yang found it funny, snickering in the corner. Blake was about to roll over and grab one of her books, a new one that he hadn't spoiled for her yet, when Yang piped up. Wait, isn't the supply closet locked? It is, Weiss agreed. As I understand it, you can only go in if you have prior permission. It's for people who lose or damage their weapons. 
It's meant as a more of a temporary solution until you can fix or commission a new one. As such, it's filled with unusual and dangerous weapons, and you can only enter with permission and a teacher escort. That all made sense. But it wasn't the thing Blake had fixed on. Locked. The supply closet was naturally locked, as any room filled with dangerous equipment would be. And in Beacon? That didn't tend to mean little bolts and keys or padlocks. Their room was locked with a sensor that only responded to their scrolls. Communal areas had the same kind of deal, but there was always a manual password system to let you override it. The changing rooms used those for instances, so you didn't have to worry about your scroll being damaged in a spa. And since the supply closet was part of the arena and combat areas, it no doubt had the same thing. How did you get in? Blake asked, eyes narrowed as the sole male member of their team paused. How did you break the locks? Meh. I just pushed some random buttons. Impossible. At least it was statistically impossible. If the codes were four digits long, and they had no proof they were, and there were ten digits to choose from, then the chances of him getting it randomly would be... It just would be... It would be insanely small. It was small enough to be impossible. And impossible enough to make her nervous. So... You're some kind of criminal. She said at last, ignoring the startled look from Yang. Breaking into rooms you're not supposed to enter. He frowned. I don't want to hear that from you. Isn't it about time you go back to your own dorm? This is my dorm. Hmm. Is it? Okay. Now she was angry.